On today's episode of the podcast, I talk about the overwhelming sense of contentment and gratitude that I find myself feeling at this point in my life, and how oftentimes that feeling comes along with quite a bit of shame. We are told since we are little that to achieve a goal, to make a dream happen, to get to where we really want to go, we have to really kill ourselves along the way. Hustle mentality is really strong and it's really hard to shift away from. And on the show today, I talk about inviting a different kind of narrative, inviting the potential of moving toward our goals and our dreams with a sense of ease, with bliss, with grace, and perhaps finding a little bit more of a feminine way to go about making all of our dreams come true as well. I think this was a beautiful, very soft, vulnerable share from me to you and I hope you feel the same way. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's jump in. Hello, my darling friends. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Welcome back to the show. I, uh, I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> I really am. I'm sitting here smiling right now to myself, having a moment that feels like a, like a full circle. It really, it really does. I am currently, as I'm speaking these words to you, not sitting in my bedroom, which is where I normally record the pod. I love recording from the bedroom. It's really cozy and quiet and I have a really, really comfy armchair there. So especially being crazy pregnant, I feel really comfortable. I can lean all the way back and kind of pull the mic toward me. I have a big mic stand there. It's really set up ergonomically to be just perfect for podcasting. And it's really comfortable. And I can look out at our little apple tree and the spruce trees outside and the little bird's nest that we have there with birds flying in and out. Like it's a really nice place to record a podcast every day and every week. But I'm not there right now. <laughs> I'm actually sitting like in this exact moment, I'm looking out at the lake. 
I'm sitting in our little lake house we have here on the land. We have, um, it's a small kind of like a guest house. We call it the lake house and it's right on the dock, right on the, on the water. And since we moved in in the middle of winter and it's not until just, you know, like a month ago that we've been able to really be outside <laughs> without there being snow everywhere and snow on the ground. It's just now the past few weeks that we're really exploring every inch of this beautiful land um, that I get to call home. And I've spent the past few weeks uh, making this lake house really cozy and getting a bed in order and getting some furniture in here. There's no running water. So it's a little bit yeah, 36 weeks pregnant, having to pee every five freaking seconds, um, which is totally fine because I'm out in nature and I can like, go pee in the woods. It's like not, not a thing at all. But I just haven't been able to, I haven't spent any time in here yet. And this past, especially the past few days, just we have some chaos unfolding at our house. It's been almost two months of renovations inside has it been two months, maybe a month and a half, maybe I'm exaggerating. It's been a long time, it feels like. We're renovating uh, our upstairs bathroom, which was supposed to be this very quick, super easy thing that we do in like two weeks. And now it's been pretty much two months and it's just like nowhere near <laughs> being ready. And I find it so funny because it's like this every time, no matter what you're renovating, no matter what kind of construction you're doing. It's never what you think. It's always more complicated than expected. It always takes longer and it always costs more, right? <laughs> I think it's just the nature of, of things. And I'm always just overly optimistic about how everything's going to flow and unfold. But so every day we have construction workers at the house and I am definitely not complaining. I'm so happy they are there. They've been showing up for us even on the weekends and working overtime Every time I walk by with this humongous belly, I feel like they get a little stressed out. <laughs> they really want to be done before the baby comes, which is very sweet of them. So I'm happy that they're there all day and every day. They arrive at seven. I normally am still asleep at seven. Leia still asleep at seven. She's a late uh, sleeper. We usually have to wake her up at 7.30 or 8.00. And she's always the last to arrive at preschool, <laughs> which is just the flow of our family in the morning. We're all just, we sleep in every day these days. And those days are counted. I am well aware, like soon, <laughs> the days of sleeping till 8 a.m., it's just not going to be the case anymore. So I'm trying to really enjoy it. But the workers come at seven and they start at seven. And we sleep through it sometimes. Like it's, I can really, when I'm in the deep kind of pregnancy sleep, when I get there, I can really remain there. It's just hard to get to that level of rest. But when I'm there, I'm there. But it's really the first thing I see when I step outside of my bedroom every day is like, hey guys, you know, how you doing? I come out in my pajamas and they're already inside just going at it, which is, which is really cool. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really appreciate them working so hard. Um, but yeah, so we have that going on and that's really noisy. So I've been trying to record this podcast at lunch every single week. So right at noon, they go for lunch. I have an hour and a half in that moment. I'm like, okay, I can squeeze in a podcast here. Uh, and they leave for the day at four. Sometimes I record at the end of the day, but that's also when Leah comes home from school. And when she's home, I want to be there with her. There's a limited amount of hours that she's 
you know, she comes home from school at four and uh, goes to bed at eight. So I have those four hours with her at the end of the day. I don't want to be away, right? If I can help it. So I've been thinking just how can I, (laughs) how can I find a new setup for the podcast? And yesterday they showed up at our house with these huge trucks, this, these crazy big excavators. I'm finally learning how to pronounce that stupid word (laughs) because in my wild pregnancy state, I have all, and I'm wild pregnancy. I'm talking like it's, it's crazy. (laughs) It's, It's mad. I have also decided that we absolutely can have a little porch put in before the baby comes. That's no problem. That's also very easy, right? And quick and on time and on under budget. <laughs> like I know, I know. I, this is all this is all nesting pregnancy brain. I had it with Leia too. I had all these projects and now we're doing this and then we're starting up that and finishing this and doing things around the house. And when Leia was born, we were literally building island yoga from scratch. We, we were building a brand new building and renovating crazy amounts of stuff with whole, like it was just the biggest project ever. And I was so pregnant. We opened how pregnant was I? We had our official opening was January 1st, 2017. And Leia's born in March. So I was like seven months pregnant when we opened, but we weren't finished. And we were still working on stuff and still, you know, painting and and getting things, getting things ready by the time Leia was born. But everything happened in time. Like it really did work out. It was just a very stressful few months to get everything, yeah, to get everything up and running. <laughs> So I'm laughing at myself because I am the one who's instigating this. I am the one initiating. And I also know that having a bathroom upstairs, because we haven't really had a functioning bathroom upstairs, which is where we sleep, which is where the baby's going to sleep. It's where Leia sleeps, uh, is going to make a huge difference, really massive, massive difference just in our day to day. And having a porch, having a place to be outside where we can have breakfast and eat. And I even have it as part of my goal image. It's part of my, when I visualize like the baby being born, that first moment afterwards, when you really get to take in the fact that like, whoa, (laughs) I did it, you know, we're here. I have this vision of me sitting on that porch, even though the porch is not there, At this point, it would be much easier to just birth this baby than it would be to have the porch because there's no porch. There's just trucks. (laughs) Um, But I'm sitting on the porch in a really comfortable couch, nursing this newborn baby, um, drinking tea, watching the sunrise or sunset or middle of the day. Like I'm just I'm just I'm just sitting outside on the porch drinking tea with my baby. Like that's that's my goal image. That's my final, final. Yeah the moment when we have arrived, right? With Leia, that image was sitting at the kitchen table, eating fruit, (laughs) nursing her, just birthing at home and then, you know, going from birthing pool or bedroom or wherever I was, you know, wherever I envisioned having her, um, to just sitting at the kitchen table, that like mundane, normal, but also extraordinary thing 
uh, of, of nursing your baby, eating the first food that you have after labor. And I really remember during labor with Leia, I was thinking about that moment. I was visualizing that. I could kind of feel the taste of the oranges in my mouth and that feeling of sitting at that table. And even though the birth didn't happen the way I wanted it, I didn't get to have that final home birth. You know, I, as if you've, if you listen to this pod, you know, the whole story, I just shared it a few, yeah, a week or two ago again, but I ended up going to the hospital, but we got to go home 90 minutes after Leah was born. We were home, not even two hours. We really, like she was born, placenta came, (laughs) they, uh, wanted to wheel us into another room and told told us Dennis had to go home because the father of the child is not allowed to, to stay, which is a policy they have at the hospital there. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, if you're not letting my husband like stay, like you think I'm going to stay here alone with this? No, no, no way. And I was feeling great. Like everything, you know, was fine. So yeah, so we went home. Like, I was born 420. I think six, we checked out of the hospital. And I think at seven in the morning, I was sitting there at the kitchen table, nursing her, eating my fruits. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a beautiful kind of full circle moment for me that I got to, I got to arrive at that vision, not the way I thought I would, you know, um, but it did happen. So this time around, I'm seeing that kind of, yeah, it's a similar image, but very different and very different view, right, as well being here in Sweden compared to Aruba. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. When they came with those trucks yesterday, I was like, I need to permanently for now <laughs> I need to relocate the podcast studio. I need to set up a studio somewhere else. I cannot, like I can't, you know, it's so loud. It's so chaotic up there. It's also a little stressful for me to, yeah, just to be surrounded by that heavy machinery. I'm a little worried about the dogs going in and out of the house and there's just so much happening. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do the inaugural, like 
Lake House podcast session. I'm going to actually bring down my tea kettle. We have no running water, so I have to bring bottles of water down, bring down tea and cups and kind of really not just have a bed ready, but actually settle here a little bit. And I, it just occurred to me as I set up the mic and I sat down and I'm you know, about to record this, week, this week's podcast that I have been dreaming about this exact this exact moment for so long. I mean, in, in 2021, when we were escaping mold and we left Aruba and we were exploring Sweden for the first time and I didn't know what I wanted to do in life or where to live and I was feeling so much anxiety and angst and I was so sick and everything felt just so heavy and hard and impossible. We were staying at these like little rentals and we had a little cabin in the woods that was right on the lake. And Leah and I were there alone for a few months while Dennis was in, was in Aruba figuring out the madness of the mold, cleaning and everything, remediation of the house. And I would record in a space kind of similar to this. Like I would look out at the lake and it wasn't my house. It wasn't my land. It was all temporary, not just temporary for fun, but it was temporary for survival. It felt like I didn't know if we were going to land on our feet where we would end up at all. Like I had, everything was just so, everything felt really dark and hard, you know, but I would look out at the lake as I was recording this show. And you can go back and listen to those episodes from 2021. This is like, yeah, March, April, I guess April through August in 2021 was when we were in, in Sweden. And if you I have a few times just kind of like sometimes I go back to an episode just to kind of hear the tone in my voice a little bit, which is always a weird thing to do <laughs> as a podcaster. Like I never go back and listen to whole episodes that I've recorded because it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's a little weird for me. But I did just to hear the energy in my voice. And I'm so terrified, like literally terrified, so scared alone without Dennis, Leia was having a horrible time. She was having a really hard time being without him for, for that amount of time. There was just so much transition and she wasn't sleeping. And I didn't know, I didn't know where he would be in three weeks. I didn't know where he would be, you know, let alone for like the next years. But I would come to the podcast and of course, and record every week and look out at the lake. And I had that little sprout of a dream inside of, I want to live like this. Like I want to live in Sweden. And that idea on, on its own, just I want to live in Sweden after having been in Aruba for almost 13 years, having everything in Aruba, all of our whole community, you know, all of our businesses, our studio, our daughter, I mean, Dennis's family, like everything, our whole lives were there. And this little seed of like, I want to live in Sweden, like that alone was insane but then that feeling of, I want to live, I want to live in the woods. I want to live on the countryside. I don't want to be in a city. I don't want to be in the Caribbean anymore. I don't want to be in the heat. I want to be in Sweden and I want to be by a lake. And maybe one day I'll get to sit down and set up my podcast equipment and look out at a lake or some kind of body of water, right? But it'll be my own house, going to be my own space and and we'll know that this is where we live and we'll know that this is where we have our roots 
and it felt so far away, so impossible. Even the idea of, of moving our lives to Sweden alone felt so far away and really, really hard. But then how on earth would I possibly manifest not even just like a house in the, <laughs> in the country or a house, you know, a house out in nature, but a house by a lake. Like that seems like really, yeah, impossible. Not, not, not likely anyway. And then today I just like <laughs> came down here. I mean, it's two, year, two years later, two years have passed pretty much on the dot, I think. Oh, I love it when synchronicities like that happen. So if I, if I were to look back, exactly two years ago, was I sitting in that cabin on this day? Maybe I was recording that podcast I'm thinking about on that day two years ago. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like life is so synchronistic and, <laughs> and strange, you know, in that way. But it's been two years and, and I'm sitting here. Like this, this is that moment. You are here for this moment right now with me. <laughs> and I feel... I, I, it's, it's a little, it's a combination of so many things. I feel so grateful. I feel so blessed. I feel so, I almost feel like it's too much. No, not almost. I don't have to minimize that. I actually do feel, I feel like I have too much right now. I feel a bit of shame attached to the blessings in my life at this moment. I feel like I have too many blessings. I have too much abundance. I have too many things going my way. It's happening too easy. Uh, that, that feeling like maybe at any moment, just all of this will be taken away. That feeling, like that sucks. <laughs> Not that this whole thing sucks. Like this whole thing is amazing. But the fact that I, that I have that feeling like I should hold back a little bit. I shouldn't celebrate too big. I shouldn't own it, claim it, shout it from the rooftops, because if I do, maybe I'll jinx it and maybe something terrible is going to happen and everything will disappear. <sighs> and I know like the likelihood of that is really small. And that's also from this worst case scenario. It's old. It's not my life now. It's old thinking, old patterns, old limiting beliefs around what I deserve and what I don't deserve when actually arriving at a place where your dreams actually are coming true, <laughs> we, we think it's just, well, we're, we're longing for this thing. We're working for this thing that we want, this version of our lives that we really, really want. And then we arrive there and it's scary as hell. Isn't that funny? I don't know who else resonates with this, but I... I actually, when I look back at all the things that I've set out to accomplish or arrive at, and for me in the past, it's been much less around living situation and much more about career or milestones in that way, entrepreneurial stuff and projects and things like that. And there's been many times where I had a dream or I had a longing or I had something I wanted to do. And it sounded crazy and big and, 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 and impossible. And then I arrived there and it was like, oh shit, <laughs> now what? Like, oh shit, like the studio is a really great example of that. That was a dream for so many years and then it came to be, but it was like the, 
the 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 end with the you know realizing the dream which i which is in my head the end game was actually the beginning <laughs> it wasn't just manifest a studio and get people to come it was like oh <laughs> now this is a, a crazy business to maintain and a really 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 hardcore lifestyle and a hardcore project to to manage um, for infinity, right? For there's no end moment. There's no starting a business, starting a huge creative project. Like there's no, okay, well, I'm done with this now and now let's go to the next thing. And historically, I've been just really, really good at manifesting the vision of the dream and then going, oh shit, <laughs> what do I do with this now? Now, you know, there's, this is just so much work. It's bigger than I thought. Oh my God. And then had a hard time maintaining that. Uh, definitely have had a hard time maintaining that. The feeling good, you know, not burning out, not killing myself in the process. So this stage of my life is really different from that because this dream that I had and this thing that I've manifested, it doesn't come along with any kind of pressure. It doesn't come along with endless, endless hours of, well, it comes along with the work. Of course it does. I mean, this is a little farm. Like it's like, it's of course it's work, but it's different. It's a very different energy from any of the other dreams that I've made happen. And that the expectation from me at this point, like I decide that, um, the people relying on me here, I don't have a staff of 45 people looking to me to pay their salaries every month, which was a huge stressor of mine for a really long time. And it was like this reason that I always had in the back of my head, like, I can't slow down. Like, all these people are relying on me. How, how could I possibly slow down? I can't take time for myself. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, I have to keep going. I have to keep pushing. And it totally burned me out in the end, right? I, I only accounted for the dream. <laughs> I didn't account for what happens after the dream is manifested, right? But this version of of a dream, this version of life doesn't come with anything like that. It just comes with the possibility of, of joy <laughs> and of connection with nature and of bliss and family and something that feels really just like healing. Like I, I, there's only upsides so far here. And yeah, there's things that are a little scary sometimes and you know, I worry about finances and I worry, of course, I have my worry like everybody does in the day to day. But all in all, it's just so, <laughs> this this place, this dream, this moment in my life is so beautiful that I immediately feel ashamed. <laughs> like I, I should be struggling more. I should, this, this should come with some more suffering, right? Like I'm used to, to get to where you want to go, you have to really, like, you have to suffer, right? You have to, you have to do th stuff you don't want to do. You have to push yourself to places that are really hard to get to. You have to kind of kill yourself along the way. Because that's been always my, my view of getting to where you want to go. Like, it's, it's an uphill climb life. And I'm starting now to wrap my my mind and my heart around the possibility that maybe that's all a lie <laughs> or maybe 
that's only a part of of what life is. Maybe that doesn't at all have to be true. And maybe I have been reinforcing things to remain that way by staying really ingrained in that old limiting belief that aligns very much with my childhood and very much with my past, but it doesn't align with where I am today. And I'm thinking about this now, just with this full circle moment of sitting here, looking at the lake, feeling like I have to tone down my joy. It's too much. It's too much. You know, everybody's going to be just annoyed with me. I'm going to come off as arrogant. I have too much. I have, it's too beautiful here, (laughs) which is so strange because, you know, when I look at other people working for a dream or manifesting the lives that they've dreamed of, like, I don't look at them with arrogance or judgment or hatred or jealousy. I'm just like, that's so, it's a beautiful thing to see other people thriving. You know, it's a beautiful thing to see other people living a life that is in alignment with where they want to be. Like, that is a gorgeous thing. And it doesn't take anything away from anybody else. It doesn't inhibit anyone else from going for that same dream that they have, right? So I don't know why I have, why I feel so much... Hmm. Like it's hard to really step into that, to that joy in a big way. It's almost like maybe it's, it's also more intense now because I'm pregnant and I feel, I feel a little more, I don't want to use the word useless because my body is a literal miracle right now (laughs) about to birth this baby boy. I'm definitely useful and purposeful in creating life. You know, it's, it's a, it's not a small thing. But I'm not working, you know, I'm not, I'm not out on the land, like killing myself, making this place happen. Like I'm like Dennis is doing that. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and I'm moving slowly and I am swimming every day and I'm taking really good care of myself. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm practicing what I preach, right? Because this is my whole thing is self-care and healing and filling our own cups so that our cups can overflow and we can help and support other people. Like I talk about this all the time and I'm really bad at doing it for myself, but I am right now. And then there's that little voice inside that's like, oh, you should be struggling a little more to really deserve this. Like I would feel more relaxed and more comfortable if if, like something was a little harder right now. I can laugh at myself saying that because it's so ridiculous. Like it really is ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. Like it also proves that just the, the thing that stands in the way between us and contentment is us in so many cases. And yeah, most of us have major issues and problems and heartache and grief. And I'm not saying every single part of my life is perfect and amazing. Like we're going through a lot within the family and this pregnancy is not all butterflies and and rainbows either. And, you know, I I have my, my days of anxiety and, you know, stuff like everybody else, but overall I feel this undercurrent of just contentment. And normally what's in the way I, I like to believe always that, okay, well, if I fix this problem or I get to this place or I complete this project or, you know, I solve something, then I'll be content when actually the, 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 the problem to solve is my mind, it's my ego, is the thoughts and judgments I have about contentment and discontentment. Like that's what's actually 
what's actually in the way, my inability to completely be here in this moment and to just be in my body and to, yeah, to focus on what's truly beautiful versus focusing on everything that isn't perfect. <laughs> it is a really wild thing to, to sit here right now feeling so, so happy. <laughs> Oh, am I obnoxious? Is this an obnoxious podcast to listen to? You'll tell me, right? You'll tell me if I get annoying, if, if, <laughs> oh God. And it's also this like stepping outside of yourself to go into the thought of, well, how is this perceived? You know, like what other people think of me, like that's so my business. I need to know, I need to be perceived in a good way. And I don't want anyone to think I'm, you know, it's, it's also like, that's all noise. It's all noise. And most of us, we spend so much time really worrying and thinking about what other people are thinking and how do they perceive us and should we change and are we good enough? And is that, does that work? And does that not work? And no, no. I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. And all of this, of course, like all of these thoughts, everything, all the contemplation I'm sharing with you now, deeply aligns with getting ready for birth. It really does for me. And I think it's easy to, I think everyone, I mean, it's, it's healthy and super normal to get to the end of pregnancy and have fears and have worries and you know, to focus on the things that maybe feel really hard or really impossible or really scary. And I've been there and I go there and I kind of, I, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I swing kind of, I, I, I flow between those states of trust and fear. And if I stay in that old limiting belief that to actually arrive at some place really blissful to actually get to the dream you have to really suffer first i mean that's really aligned with most of society's view of labor and birth right i mean it's kind of the epitome of that it's like perfect representation of that line of thinking that 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 we've we all have really ingrained i think most of us you know we have that idea ingrained that to get something to get something beautiful, we have to suffer first. We have to kill ourselves. We have to work so hard. And that is true in a lot of cases, but it's not always the case. It's not the only way to manifest things. It's not the only way to make things happen. And I am trying to, or I'm working on at this stage of pregnancy. It's, I'm 36 weeks, almost 37 now. I don't know if this little guy is going to show up today or if he's going to be at least a month away. Like, I really don't know, maybe more. But the closer I get, the more time I try to spend in the possibility of ease, the, po the potential of grace, the, 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 the beautiful outcome that is also available. Not saying that I'm delusional, you know, sitting here expecting to have an orgasmic birth. Like I've seen those videos. Have you seen those videos? I recommend a little YouTube, like go down the YouTube rabbit hole of orgasmic blissful birth. It is incredible. Like truly, 
and not as a way of like, oh, if I don't, if that doesn't happen to me, I'll be disappointed. Like I have, <laughs> nothing would shock me more <laughs> than if I were to have an orgasmic birth. I just don't think I'm the type. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I would highly appreciate it. I would, it would be, it would be a great, great surprise. Okay. But no, it's not where my head is at or anything, but I like to watch those videos and I like to read those stories and listen to podcasts about orgasmic and ecstatic birth because it invites the possibility and the potential of a different kind of story. And when it comes to pregnancy and labor, I think we desperately need more versions of that story. We need more voices sharing the very varying different stories that actually are out there. We get 99% you know, hospital births. We get the majority. It was really, really, really hard, horrible, traumatic. This happened that I didn't want. We get inundated with the narrative that birth is terrible. Birth is something that happens to us. It's not something we do. Birth is like near impossible. We can't do it. We can't do it on our own. It's dangerous. Our bodies are not meant for it. It's like it destroys our bodies. And I am just really interested right now in inviting a different kind of narrative. That to me, if if you really look at it objectively, like it does not make sense that the very thing that our evolution relies on would destroy us. Like if you look at it from a really philosophical lens, like that, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't at all. Like the survival of the human race depends on our ability to be pregnant and to birth. And for that to be inherently disastrous, inherently destructive, inherently traumatic, inherently impossible, dangerous, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. And we don't apply that way of talking or that way of looking on any other mammal, or any other part of life, any other part of nature than than women, than humans. It's like we expect it to flow and to work everywhere else, but just not for us. And I find that really strange. I really do. For me, the more I hear stories, really positive stories, and they're not all the same. It's not all like... You know, I, I've, I've heard podcasts of women speaking who share that their, like every contraction just felt like a, really like a wave, like a sensation, like it wasn't painful. And I hear in their voices, like they're not making that shit up. Like that's really genuinely their experience of birth. Um, I've seen videos of ecstatic, orgasmic, blissful birth. And the mere idea that that's possible right? Probably not going to be me. Maybe not. I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't want to shut that door either. But there is no way of telling, no way of knowing what kind of experience we're going to have as we get toward that blissful thing that's waiting for us in the end. Whether that is, you know, realizing your new business idea or starting out a new career or looking for your soulmate or building a new house or starting a new creative project or getting pregnant and having a baby, you know, like doesn't matter what the, what the dream is. 
But I think when we invite the potential and the possibility for the journey on the way being really graceful, not having to be an uphill climb, not having to be Mount Everest, letting go of that hustle identity, that hustle mentality that that we keep getting kind of shoved down our throats. Like we're told that every day. I mean, social media is just filled with that. You got to hustle. Like you got to kill yourself. You got to like, this doesn't come easy. And you got to, and I'm just like, that feels like a really patriarchal way to do things. Doesn't feel like being in my feminine, you know? And I think there is another path that could take us to the same place, that could take us to the same dream, the same manifestation of that blissful state or that blissful thing we want to create, but a possibility for grace along the way, possibility for ease, for flow, for gentleness, for it to not be a Mount Everest, but for it to be like a walk through the woods, maybe, you know, (laughs) challenging in a different way, And of course, all of it also depends on how we define the idea of success at the end of the day. You know, what is the dream that we are looking for? Is it our dream? Is it society's dream? Is it a dream that comes with a tons of pressure afterward? Is it a dream that just begins a path that we actually don't really want to live or walk down? Or is it a dream that once we realize that actually opens up this beautiful life that we truly want to live. And I feel so different at this point in my life where I'm dreaming dreams that feel really aligned with who I am today and also dreaming dreams that come along with this like life I want. <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? How many dreams I had of, oh, that would be just incredible And then I get there and it wasn't, or I got there and it was too overwhelming, or I got there and it required so much force and work to keep it, right? To to hold on to it, that it sort of took away the bliss and the joy of the dream in the first place. And I look at life now and it's like, (laughs) I think part of it is I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with this baby in my womb, kicking me in the ribs as we speak. He also does this thing now. I think it's his hands or elbows where he kind of jabs me in the bladder. That's fun. Like I'll be talking to someone or doing something and all of a sudden I almost literally pee myself because he's just boom, like right right there. But it's really so totally, totally fucking beautiful. Like it's, wait. I walked barefoot from my house down to the lake today in a robe. (laughs) The sun is shining. I skinny dipped in the lake. It's 10 degrees Celsius. It's like 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the best temperature. I love it. I love it so much. It's still so refreshing, but you can linger a little bit longer now. And then I laid out naked in the sun and just dried And I came in and I set up this podcast and I sat down and I got to spend this time talking to you, looking out at the swans outside in the water. 
talking about this full circle moment of just how grateful I am. Like, what is this? Is this real life? And who am I to minimize that? Who am I to bring shame into that? To bring in old stories into that, limiting beliefs into that? Like, no, I'm done with that shit. It's my responsibility to take joy when joy is here and really feel it. To live that gratitude out loud, to swim in that bliss when it's here. And to continue to open up and hold the possibility of life to continue to be even more magical. Like that's a possibility too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know what project you are working on right now. What dream you are currently manifesting. Because I know you're manifesting something. Right? Even if you're in a state of your life right now that feels more like survival, even if it's heavy and it's dark, like you're on your way somewhere, right? Even if you're in the hustle, you're listening to this podcast and maybe there's a part of you that's like, yeah, I want to find a, a more graceful, easeful way to get to where I want to go. Like you are manifesting, creating something. And I would love for us all to start focusing more of our awareness and more of our thinking and more of our energy toward all the possibilities of bliss on the way there. Inviting that different kind of energy in what we create, creating from a little bit more of a feminine place. So what's a way for you to do that? Maybe contemplate that as we close this podcast you know what is something you could do without an energy a person a way of working a way of moving through your day and what is something you would like to invite a little bit more of let's start there thank you for being here as always i love you i love you have a beautiful weekend and i'll be back next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.